Hello everyone, welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. This week I'm excited to have on my friends Carter and Tommy. They're down at Newbreak Church in Ocean Beach. And they're doing some really cool stuff down there in their community. Lots of cool stuff happening in Ocean Beach. Uh, But one of the things that they're trying to do through their church is bridge this gap uh, between the attractional and missional model of church. And for some of you, those terms don't mean anything. And for some of you, those terms may or may not be... uh, bring up some some difficult conversations that you may have had with some close friends. Uh, so that's a hot topic or has been a hot topic in the past, oh, five, ten years in uh, the evangelical megachurch world. And people tend to be pretty divided on what side of the fence that they are on. And so what we come with today is a message of both and. We believe with the right heart and the right mind, there are definitely things that we can learn from each side of that coin. Um, I would love to hear your feedback as well. This conversation is more than just us three on a podcast. Uh, I'm curious your feedback. Also, if you know someone that's maybe on church staff somewhere or they're doing a missional model of church or an attractional or whatever they're trying to do, I would really like to hear some of their feedback um, based on the conversation I have with Carter and Tommy. Uh, so hope you enjoy the podcast. Please share it with a friend. We'd really appreciate that. And also you can like us on Facebook, Spiritual Nomad Podcast, as well as Instagram. We're on there, Spiritual Nomad Podcast. So I'd love to connect. Those are two ways that you can give some feedback to us. And uh, yeah, love the action that's happening so far. And we're looking forward to more. So here is this amazing conversation with my friends Carter and Tommy. Well, welcome guys to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. Uh, excited to have you on for a conversation down here in Ocean Beach. Every time I ride in Ocean Beach, I'm just jealous. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, yeah. So uh, I was actually down here on Saturday, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you guys went to it or not. I didn't see you guys there, so it was at OB Beans down here. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't make it over. But it yeah, we partner event. with them. We use their coffee yeah, here and yeah. stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah. Cool. OB yeah, Beans, man. Yeah, we love those guys. Mark Bell and those guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's good stuff. Yeah. So uh, I'm down here with Tommy, right? And yep. Carter Moss. So yep. Carter is a, a friend of mine that I met, um, I don't know, maybe about four or five months ago at, a, at an event, at a, in a, a millennial event where <laughs> I was, I think, the only millennial <laughs> right. there. Um, yeah. But I've made some good friends, you yeah. know, so yeah, it's cool. Totally. Yeah. And uh, so you began to share just some of your story and just some of your background and the churches that you've been on staff um, yeah. at and, you know, maybe some history around that. And so, um, you know, we shared just the tension between... And I, I always hear you say, yeah. you clarify, like, I don't know if this is like a struggle anymore, but it's like <laughs> attractional and missional, Yeah, you know? And it's yeah. like, I know like five, six years ago, like that was like, yeah, I mean, it was divisive, I think in yeah. some churches, you know, yeah. there was splits happening a lot yeah. from that. And, uh, you know, I, well, you were, you were up in the Chicago area, yeah. right? So what church were you on staff at up there? Yeah. So I was at community Christian church there. So a cool. big, big non-denominational like 12 campuses all around Chicago from the far western suburbs where I was, three right in the heart of downtown Chicago. Uh, pretty, you know, a church I was trying to figure out how to be attractional and missional. Yeah. Probably, probably 5,000 people spread out over the 12 campuses. So That's a big, yeah, it's a yeah, big deal. Yeah. So 
how close in proximity were you to Willow Creek? I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, just like a half hour from them, and yeah, so okay. they're, you know, they'd be like the saddleback of the Midwest. So yeah, yeah I'm from Indianapolis, well, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, you know, you hear Chicago and mega churches, <laughs> well, Willow, Willow Creek. Creek. The original, they started, right? Yeah. He, uh, he yeah. created the whole movement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, and I know that, I mean, and that, not only did he create it, but out of that was kind of created this big missional move with the Soma communities. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. that was... Uh, Jeff Vanderstelt was yep. the split out of that to yeah. to Washington. So yeah. the yeah. Chicago yeah, so area right. is just kind of the <laughs> yeah. place for yeah. innovating and doing church <laughs> right. different, right? Yeah, so, no, for sure. Not a bad place to come yeah. from, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That's cool. Yeah. So what what was your role there? Yeah, so I was uh, a campus pastor like I am here in, in Ocean Beach. So basically the the pastor of one of the campuses, as we call them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you moved up, right? You started as an attender, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went from attender to life group leader, life group coach, life group director, then into campus pastor. So Really? Yeah, so our staff at that church, just like the one here in New Break in San Diego, both uh, the staffs are made up of a mix of guys that went through Bible college, seminary, that whole route, and then also guys that have none of that and just came out of the business world. Yeah. And that's how we are here. So I'm someone who doesn't have any of that training, came out of business world. Tommy has his MDiv and has that training, <laughs> but also business world experience. So yeah, so I love kind of having that mix on church staffs because I think both both uh, backgrounds bring stuff to the table that you need. So Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so, an awesome yeah. mix that you guys have, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. So no, it's, yeah, it's yeah. true. I mean, like I think Rick Warren said, you know, like most people sometimes they go through seminary, they need this like detox jet lag period because you can buy into well the theories. They sound so perfect <laughs> in the books. I mean, it's how they have to work, and it's taken me years to undo it. And yeah. We have a guy that we work with; he's going through it, and we're just waiting for him to <laughs> to go through that detox period because it's tough. It's not always uh, it's not always relevant. Yeah, you detox from the seminary sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. just the academic mindset. I think is primarily it. I mean, you come with this idea of whatever. It, you know, if once a book's written, that typically the idea is kind of somewhat old. And so, if you spend time writing papers and having discussions, and this is why this is the superior model. I mean, we know in our community, like half the time when most stuff's either super cutting edge or ironically it's like so old school you wouldn't think it would work <laughs> rarely is it like oh this is the current going thing so oh, for sure. yeah there's a little yeah. uh yeah, yeah kind of get out of your head yeah moment you need to go through yeah yeah that's that's a big part of what we're learning I mean, that ties into part of what we're talking about just the difference of kind of a missional approach with church versus the other right and so seminaries are good-hearted i think they train people that were ready for for the church world for a few decades Right now, I think it's changing. Like now, I think, man, if I go back to school, you know, here's what I would major in: sociology, anthropology, <laughs> yeah. psychology, economics, yeah, like just all that. Because you know, as we get into the community, definitely strong theological base important. So I don't downplay it at all. Just saying, what's missing though can be all that other stuff. And yeah, it's we need to man. You know, I wish I knew more about about painting, honestly, and construction. Because <laughs> yeah. when we ask the community what they need. <laughs> They say, can you fix our garden? Can you paint our room? Can you yeah. help us organize an event? You know? I yeah. Mean, yeah. If you were a hotel restaurant manager major, you'd probably bring <laughs> yeah. more to the table than, you know, yeah. than some other things. Like it's just just that. Just, right, yeah. You know? They're so, not they're not really struggling with how to exegete this yeah, text in Ezekiel. <laughs> you know? I know the hospitality majors, I used to always make fun of them and I'm like, that would be so hey, helpful. I know, I need them now. If you're a hospitality <laughs> major, that's ninety percent of your job. Dude, yeah. I, I went through uh, yeah. church planning uh, class 
And the guy was like, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, we should probably be doing, like, drywall class Seriously? right now yeah. and, like, basic, ele- <laughs> yeah, like, how to run up. electrical. Yeah, basic. Like, yeah, like he's like, you know, that's what we need to be talking yeah. about right now, you yeah. know. And he's like, oh, sure. it's, it's yeah. just, it, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that there is... Obviously, there's there's something new that's happening, and I I think San Diego is probably the forerunner in that. I mean, that's why yeah. I moved out here is because I really feel like cool. something new is being birthed here, yeah. and so I think that even is when we look at schooling, I think a lot of that is just going to begin to take a new new yeah. shape, a new yeah. a new uh, uh, mission, really. Yeah. You know, so I think equipping people to know the Bible is is certainly a good thing, but I think equipping people to be like people yeah. i think is is another thing too i think sometimes yeah. we walk around with pastors and their book heads you know and yeah. it's like oh it's not really a person that's happening up there you know yeah. I, I had a youth student he was super passionate about you know it, it, he was obviously i mean i don't want to discredit it but i mean he's young he's excited <laughs> you know he's been a uh, christian for just a little bit and he's wanting to go uh, to college uh, he was graduating and he laid out this whole plan for seminary and I was like, dude, I, I don't think you need to do it. His plan was that he was going to go and do all these years of schooling and then land a job mm-hmm. at a church somewhere and just pastor a church for the rest of his life. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. maybe in like 1964, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. but like for today. Sure. So I encouraged him. I said, if there's anything that you can do that's like a secular thing, because yeah. yeah. I'm kind of in that position now too, yeah. not to get too you much are. off topic, but it's like, totally. I'm, I have two years of, uh, Bible schooling and you go to try to find jobs and they're like biblical leadership that's <laughs> yeah. what what do you Tougher, mean like, yeah right yeah it's yeah. like okay you try know. to translate that into business vernacular it's, right it's general leadership it's it leadership. has the word leader in it come on yeah. you know so so Tommy you uh, how long have you been around here in Ocean Beach with with New Break uh, I've been in San Diego around OB for four years this summer I've been on staff at New Break uh, it'll be Three years this coming up summer, so I was here for a year before I started working. So yeah, coming up on three years, I got here in 2013, yeah. moved here straight from New Orleans uh, after seminary. So oh, really? It's yeah. been, uh, and your first year here, you were working Apple store? Yeah, yeah, I was on, with Apple at the retail level for just about three years, and that was super helpful. I mean, coming out of right. seminary, that's the church I was going to, that's what he, he recommended a similar thing. He says, go get a position with a really healthy organization and just learn what that looks like. And so it was so good to go from, you know, just that, you know, very intellectual, you know, just living up in your brain, living in that spot forever to all of a sudden be, um, you know, working at the Apple store behind the bar, like, you know, fixing computers and working with people that are so far from what I was interacting with in the seminary. It was super helpful yeah, yeah. to undergo. It was very catalytic. Um I definitely yeah, still glean a lot from that experience. So, yeah, yeah it was good. So, did you guys know each other before coming to Newbridge? No. Really? Yeah. No. So, it was like an arranged marriage? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just met here, started about the same time. And, really? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so, coming from your background, so what was, were, were you on staff before going to seminary or? Uh, I did, in college, I did some. In, in college, I was, um, came from a really great church with a really solid um, youth ministry, and my youth pastor took it very seriously in a good way, and I uh, always said, you know, if you're going to be a youth, youth pastor, that doesn't mean, you know, you're an incomplete pastor, you're just a pastor with <laughs> kids, it's, you know, it's very serious, significant, so he really challenged me in that, and so, yeah, I was uh, like a church intern, I just kind of did everything, you know, just kind of a college yeah. job, and then 
I went to, I grew up in Texas, went to a state university, and then when I realized I wanted to do ministry, I thought I should probably go get some biblical <laughs> information. <laughs> I, I was tired of feeling like I was blaspheming every time I spoke or did any, yeah. open the Bible. Um, and yeah. So yeah, so did that, so went straight from there, and yeah, it wasn't... I mean, I think it was it was good for me. It was it was tough because a lot of the pastors at the time were like they would say things like, "I would hate to make that decision today. Times are changing." Similar stuff, even though I think we're going through today. It was just, you know, they were basically trying to communicate without talking me out of it. Like, not everything you do in seminary is necessarily going to help you in church, mm. and that that's been tough. Because yeah, I mean, it's it was my end. It was ninety hours or something, and you know, I tell Carter all the time, like, if I could go back, there's probably eight to ten classes that I think were actually helpful for ministry uh, you know the rest weren't and I have a personality where if I start something I finish it so I do it and I, I kind of went into this tunnel mode but I got uh, plugged into a really great church plant um, that was growing and that was really good because he the pastor very much he was he had seen a lot of seminary students come in and he used a farming analogy he said a lot of them come in like cows and they just graze and they just soak up all the resources and he says as a church plant, we're looking for horses. We're looking for people. Yeah, they're going to consume some, but they're going to also be able to run and work. Yeah. And so he, you know, it was definitely trying and, and uh, you know, grading at times, but it was super helpful. He made me think, like, just be practical. Like, the people need to know. They need to know that, like, God loves them and he has a plan for their life. I mean, the simple stuff that seminary yeah. can tempt you to overlook. Like, that's not that important. They need to learn the deeper things. Yeah. yeah. It's like Jesus is, the Trinity. Yeah. Like Jesus is far deep enough. You yeah. know, you're never going to get beyond him, yeah. hopefully. So, yeah. dude, I think that's, that's crucial, you know? And, and I think it's helpful too for, it, for this new wave that's happening. Yeah. I think, cause I think what we're, we're crediting seminary and I think too, even a lot of the attractional model of church, I think may or may not, be focused on sending people to seminary. I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure about yeah. everybody's experience with, and, and I know using big blanket terms like yeah. that, yeah. you're you're grabbing a whole lot of people because yeah. you know yeah. uh, in that. But I don't know. In my experience, it's been um, it seems like we have this idea that it's like these certain people go away to get trained to be professionals. Yep. And we let the professionals do the work. And it's like this missional model is coming and kind of flipping all of that upside mm-hmm. down. So, you know, your guys, you guys as a team together, balancing each other out very well. And even the context here in Ocean Beach, I don't know, just maybe just share a little bit about how you see that uh, change here. How do you guys engage that? Uh, how do you do your yeah. leadership? Trying to do the two worlds of what that is. And, and for some of our listeners, I know they, they are probably completely like attractional, missional, I don't, <laughs> whatever. But, you know, I think, you know, yeah. for what it's worth, you know, just the idea of, and I guess to, to very, very briefly break it down, the attractional is we are going to throw an event or a party on Sunday and hope that People yeah. would come to us, and the missional model is: well, we are going to try to be out yeah. in the places more so than we're here in, in yes. the walls. And so, yeah. trying to embrace both of those, um, I, th- I think that you guys bring some some good yeah. team to the table on that. So, yeah. how how is that working here? How is that happening? What are some struggles with it? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I think the shift is: yeah, we want to be the church, you know, outside of the walls instead of just I like, go to church. 
church only happens when I'm in that building versus live outside of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the main thing that drives me in it, like the big thing that helped me make the shift a few years ago is when I first heard this question, I think I was at a big conference full of pastors and, um, but the speaker said, uh, if, uh, if your church would ever have to close its doors and shut down, and we know the hundreds of churches do that monthly around our country, uh, would your community even notice? Mm-hmm. Would your community even care? Other than, hey, free building, we can turn into a barbershop yeah. or a coffee <laughs> shop, uh, you know. And, uh, man, that question is just, I feel like it's just haunted me ever since because I feel like, no, like they wouldn't care. Other than the people that go to church, most people just, just wouldn't even care. And so I think it's that idea, not because it's the name of the church, but but church meaning like a collection of Jesus followers. So if this collection of Christ followers is shut down, like, do they even care? Mm-hmm. And if the community doesn't, then it means, well, then we're obviously missing everything Jesus was about. Then we're obviously not being salt. We're not being light. Yeah. We're not making any kind of impact. And, you know, I just I just so felt like, no, like the church used to, and this isn't a new idea, right? We're actually trying to get back to yeah. what churches yeah. used to be. I mean, Celtic movement, but even all the way back in actual Bible times, right? When a when a city's like full of lepers and everybody leaves, the Christians are the only ones that go back in. When yeah. babies are left on doorsteps, the Christians are the ones that go do that. So I started thinking like, man, we're just not known as that at all, right? And so I always think of, I think most people in a city picture a church as it's like a Christian country club. Yeah. Because that's where the Christians go, the members, they pay their dues so they can all have the the uh, benefits that membership provides. Right. <laughs> and that's it. And instead of, and then I read this article recently that said, given the choice, most towns, uh, if they had the choice to either open a Denny's restaurant or a church, they would pick a Denny's. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't they? Denny's, well, it pays taxes. That's a different issue. But a Denny's, you know, <laughs> it employs people in the community. It provides a place for people to hang out. Anyone is welcome. It actually provides goods and services, food it's got to people. Great hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. And most churches, like, well, how does that benefit us? You yeah. know, I just read that. I'm like, yeah, like, I can't argue with that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for us, and then you come into a place like, like Ocean Beach, where it's very, and you know, what I love is it's very spiritually open. Yeah. Uh, so it makes it an easier mission field and a harder one, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes it easier because you you can bring you don't have to bring up spiritual things. Everybody already talks spiritual. Mm. It can be harder when you're trying to talk about, well, here's here's one way, <laughs> you know, yeah. when, when everybody wants to be a hey, everything's right. Like I always think OB. Uh, is is the record number of coexist bumper stickers that I've ever seen? Anywhere, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And I'm like, yep, yeah. that just sums up everything. And so, so yes. So to come in here, just trying to be church that's just about ourselves. I mean, part of the beauty of OB, Ocean Beach, and other communities that that some of you guys might live in. I mean, it's already set up where people love community. Like they actually want their community to thrive and flourish. Right? They want to see new. Small businesses do well, and they want to see schools do well, and they want to take care of, for us, it'd be the beaches, and yeah. take care of the oceans, mm-hmm. and for other people, it's take care of our city streets or whatever, and they love to see art and music and things brought in, yeah. and I feel like that's all stuff that God cares about, so we have to care about it as a church. Like God cares about education for kids. He cares about environment. Mm. He cares about art. So do we. Like Nobody knows God cares about that stuff because mm. churches never do, so... That's been our, we can get into more specifics, but that's been our overarching approach. Yeah. We just want to show Ocean Beach, like, we're here to, because we love OB, it's already beautiful. We want to make it, like, better, because we think God loves you guys. So, yeah. you know, one of the first things we did was, like, paint a big mural on the side of our building. And yeah, yeah. People loved it. I mean, it, it was just so, I was so grateful to just see comments of neighbors all over, you know, on Facebook and stuff like 
it feels like you guys get us. Mm. Like, Thank you. That's like the highest compliment I could ever mm. get, right? That, like that is right because I just want you to, to to believe that we get that we get you, yeah. and that you know someday if we did ever have to close our doors, like I hope not because we're new break, but I hope people would just be like, I miss that group of Christians. Right? Like, yeah. wouldn't it be cool? People are like, man, like, our school isn't going to have after school reading programs anymore. And mm. We're not going to have as much new art here. And no one's going to throw free events that kids can come to like we do. And yeah, nobody's yeah. going to help, you know, repaint the pier when it needs it and organize beach cleanups and do this and that, you know, like, that's what you'd rather have a community notice. So, mm-hmm. anyway, so that's what that's what drives And, me. you know, I didn't <laughs> just, I, I was listening to a, a podcast and. I'm forgetting who who the guy was now, but he said something along the lines of, um, you know, the the attractional church has a mission, and the missional church has an attraction. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I know I, I posted that That's online, good. and it was like, I feel like we we were trying to like cut something that is not that it's one. Yeah. It's it's like we we <laughs> no, keep it's, it's like. Yeah. Is it a quarter? Like, is it heads or tails? And everybody's so pissed that, like, right. you're on. And it's like, yeah. dude, it's a Which quarter. Which one are you? No, like, we gotta be both. Yeah. And I think you're it right. just it's understanding which are we are we flipping the sides oh, well, sure. you know? Yeah. And so I think that uh, you know, because even at that, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is quote missional, you know, yeah. as far as like that goes. But that's so attractive oh. to people. Oh, absolutely. And whenever you're talking, and I, you know. I think just when you're you talk about having stuff here, I think that's really the bridge of of what you're doing, yeah. of what you guys do well. When you when you're saying we paint a mural on our building and we have after school reading classes here, that is an attractional thing, you know, because it's come to our come to our house, yeah. you know. But then whenever you guys are doing the stuff, I know you guys painted out at the yeah. the uh, yeah the uh, cafe at the end of the OB yeah. pier. Yeah, you you painted yeah. out there. I mean, that's that's totally yeah. Out of, outside yeah. of here in the community, and I, I'm the I can't even tell the story as well. So tell the story about that about yeah. you guys painting there, and please include about the t-shirts. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, just like uh, kind of which shirts to wear. And yeah, I thought that yeah, was yeah, so totally. funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean for you know, I mean we learned a lot kind of after doing that. It wasn't some grand strategy I had. It's it's totally just the always start with listen to your community. Just keep asking. I, I'd started calling it the Jesus question now because whenever he saw like a blind guy or whatever, he'd be like, what would you like me to do for you? He didn't even just assume you want your sight back. Maybe the guy didn't. Yeah. Maybe the guy's like, I'm actually okay being blind. <laughs> what I really want you to do is heal my family, mm. right? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he always started with what do you want me to do for you? So that's what we've tried to do. And one of the things we learned is a lot of what they want us to do for them is really non-sexy stuff. Not mm-hmm. glamorous. Yeah. Some of the stuff they want us to do. How about come hang the Christmas decorations in OB at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning when <laughs> nobody's watching? And I'm thinking, why would I do that? You know, if I'm a track show pastor, why would I do that? No one's even going to know we did it. Or clean and, the ashtray yeah. on Newport. Yeah, they want us to yeah. sweep stickers <laughs> off ashtrays. So Tommy goes But we can, can we keep and, the new break sticker? Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. As long as I put that on. And... Uh, <laughs> So we were saying yes to that kind of stuff, you know, and I'm like, I'm like walking in doubt and faith at the same mm. time. God, I hope this is worth it kind of thing. But, but it's that whole, I'm, I'm not doing this to get people to church. I'm doing it because I think Jesus would do it. I mean, yeah. honestly, I have to make peace with myself, yeah. right? Mm. Of I'm going to do this because just, I think Jesus would, and hopefully God takes care of everything else. So we just led with a yes and said yes to enough of those. 
that builds trust, right? Yeah. So then when the owner of the cafe that's on the end of the OB pier, which is probably the central landmark in all mm-hmm. of OB, I mean the pier, right? The whole town center yeah. around that. And so, you know, this cafe out there and the guy is already a Christian, you know, a good guy. He comes to the OB Main Street Association and says, man, I really need help. I want to repaint it. It's 50 year anniversary of the pier and super run down, but the city council of San Diego isn't going to pay for anything. So I don't know how to do it. Like I can buy some paint, but I don't have help. And the OB Main Street Association love this. I'm just humbled, grateful by it. They said, you should go talk to Newbury because those people are always looking for somewhere to serve. Mm. So part of what we learned was God showed us because we said enough yeses, now that this, I'll say it's a little more the glamorous opportunity because it ended up being on the TV news and like in the newspaper and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, God, I didn't go after that. You let us have that because we said yes. Maybe it's Jesus' parable when you're entrusted with little, you mm-hmm. trust with more. Yeah, so yeah. So we said yes to the non-sexy, and then God let us have like a more fun. It was easy to get volunteers. Yeah. All everybody wants to come. And you didn't know and, that it was going to be. Yeah. You know, have that sort of media. No. Coverage, yeah. No, we know? didn't know, and yeah. So we and uh, you know at, at, at one of our first outreaches, that one, and then one of the first ones we did at the school, people were kind of asking me, "Hey, do you want us to wear our you know our new break shirts?" You know, so we can show that it's us there. I mean, great question, right? Sweet, honest kind of question. And she said, no, you know what? I don't want to because I don't want it to look like we're out there to be a billboard. We're not doing this for yeah, marketing, for marketing reasons. Yeah. We're not here to market. We're just here because we just want to serve, make a, you know, we just want to bless OB and make it better. And we'll just trust that the story will get out, right? Yeah. You know, in other ways. And so we went out there and, you know, part of what's funny too is we went, he, he just said like paint the cafe. So we're scraping stuff off. <laughs> it's really greasy inside. So part of the work's kind of nasty, but painting inside, outside. I didn't even know until that day, he said, I want you to repaint our sign that just says cafe and that actually is the iconic part of the pier everyone mm. every picture you ever see of the pier you just see these four letters cafe and he wanted us to repaint it with like the american flag on it he drew it up and i'm like i don't want to do this i'm not an artist <laughs> yeah. so on, on the spot talking to our volunteers you know how we can do it and i was like maybe we can duct tape out stars and paint around <laughs> them so we made it up that day paint american flag that's been the iconic thing now everyone's like have you seen the new cafe letters i mean that so yeah. that's actually been the single most noticeable thing about it the the guy said to us afterwards, hey, just so you know, I'm going to put hanging on the outside of the building a big photo collage mm-hmm. saying thank you to New Break Church for doing this and telling them your address and your service times, like the attractional piece. Right, yeah. Like, really? Like, you don't have to do that. And so, again, it was that whole we didn't ask for it, right? Yeah. Like, you just lead with the yes, let's serve because that's what Jesus would do. And God, honestly, he took care of everything else. But and I think so, that's your guys' character, though, yeah, coming out. Yeah, you know? and yeah it's be- seeing that. I think that God trusts people. Yeah. like that yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and so yeah. that's the stuff that lasts yeah it is. you know because yeah. you know marketing and media and stuff yeah. it, you can you can get a crowd for a day oh yeah right you can i mean yeah. Yeah. easy you know yeah. um well <laughs> yeah easy with an asterisk by it you know yeah. <laughs> so yeah. no, footnote yeah. needed but right. uh, still i mean if you yeah. wanted to you could but i think that yeah. this really stable solid continuous yeah. Uh, work proving character. Uh, you know, I think yeah. God, you know, brings light yeah. to that. And no, you're so right. Like because, you said yeah. earlier, like that, the missional church is attractional. The mission of God is attractional. Yeah. I'd say that's the other like biggest learning by far that we've had is that uh, as we've served, because yeah, we still do Sunday service, highly value it. 
we've actually grown really quickly more than I've ever experienced. And like right now, more than other campuses at Newbreak. And so they're all asking us like, what are you guys doing? Right. right. And they and want, the, they want the equation, yeah, man. Yeah, right? the silver like, bullets. Yeah. Yes. Is your flyer really good? Do you give out? No, we don't do that. People <laughs> hate flyers. No B they're too environmental, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, yeah. so it's like, what are you doing? And so, and again, like, honestly, it wasn't like some grand strategy. It was more like, let's just try listening to God and serve the community. So, mm. you know, I would say our other big learning, and this was a big shift for me, because sometimes even the churches that are all about outreach think like my outreach who I'm going to serve is my target audience yeah target like that's how I want to come if you look at us like that so two of the biggest partnerships we've had would be local police station and local elementary school we've done a bunch of both and I'll tell you after two years of partnering with both not a single police officer started coming to church here and no mm-hmm. teachers at the school and I don't know very many parents so you could look at that and go Wow, well, that was a failure. Way to go, Carter. Why'd you guys waste your time doing it? But, so here's what I learned from it. They're not our target audience, right? We're mm. serving them because Jesus would serve them. Mm. And other people are so attracted to the mission. Mm. Yes. So now, like, again, like, we're actually kind of running out of chairs. Like, just growing really fast. That is something pastors track. And so for us, like, yeah, I mean, almost maxed out of three services in just, like, two years. And so, uh, but everyone comes in, like... I heard about what you guys are doing. I heard what you're doing. Yeah. I want to cut. Actually, you know, I had a guy, Leon Bryan, was telling me like, yeah, actually my non-Christian friends were telling me the other day, like, well, next time you go serve at school, like, tell us. We want to come. Yeah. How come you get to go? Do we yeah, need yeah. to be members? What's like, it take to yeah. serve? Do we have to be <laughs> yeah. So it's Just so... tie 10%. Exactly. Yeah. Come with us. Then you can come to Bank anything. Bank statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been neat. So just learning that, right? It's yeah. so attractional. Well, and just that, that pace, you know. you know, like, I think going back to it, it's easy. We could try and create our own momentum. We could try and figure out what we think the community needs. Yeah. And honestly, we get why you could do that because you can control it. You can set the rhythm. You can set the pace. But we've had to do the opposite. We've had to like listen and attend meetings. And I mean, I don't know, maybe 50% of the meetings and stuff we do are actually useful. Some are not useful, yep. but some actually <laughs> yield something. The others are, well, that was a, a good okay. lunch. That was right. a good coffee. <laughs> yeah. you know, because we've intentionally yeah. learned the rhythm of our community because we're you know, loving on first responders because we're hanging out and taking care of teachers and you know, schools and elementary kids and all that. We're seeing this response and we're seeing, you know, from a, especially from like a millennial perspective, you know, they're not interested in marketing. They're not interested in being sold to. They're interested in like a compelling vision. And yeah, we, we certainly get up there and want to think that we're compelling and our words are amazing. But when mm-hmm. we're talking about we're helping people get out of human trafficking, we're helping take care of under-resourced families and kids, we're helping take care of first responders, that's yeah. the compelling part. And if, if it was up to us, we would have done radically different things that the community probably wouldn't have needed. And so that's been the biggest oh, learning yeah. lesson is – stop and listen and yeah. actually listen because you know we're all in ministry especially if you do any kind yeah. of speaking i mean most of us we, we listen just enough till we, we it's time to respond yeah. we've actually had to like listen and be like okay what do you need and yeah. okay and respond and some totally. stuff yeah like carter said has been so unsexy it's not been fun at all and you're like this is a waste of my time yeah but man there's been some that have just been mind-blowing yeah. like art shows we've done and stuff that people really resonate with really respond yeah. to and if you'd yeah. asked us two years ago what works and what's not going to work we would have probably got it all wrong yeah 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 i don't know if you've ever heard the take on that one saying but uh you know a lot of people say hey don't just sit there do something yeah but you know in one of the michelle books i read they said don't just do something sit there mm. right so it's interesting now granted some churches struggle with one and not the other right, right. but on the other end churches say well, we just want to get out so we're going to do a coat drive and a and then it turns out like, but what if that's like, yeah. not what they need? Like, like that listening piece, exactly what you said, has been huge. I mean, this we just got to meet with the church recently and kind of help consult them because they want to do the same thing in their city and uh, their part of San Diego. So I love it. 
And the guy told me, and I can share this because he had a good shift by the end of it. You know, at the beginning, he told me, so I went and met with our mayor. So I'm thinking, good job. Like, you're listening. And he said, I went and told him, like, we want to throw an appreciation barbecue for all the police and firemen. And he's really excited about it. And I felt really bad because inside I'm thinking, like, what a sweethearted guy. I love his. I mean, he gets it. He loves Jesus, wants to serve him like Jesus. But he didn't ask if that's what they most need. <laughs> yeah. And and sometimes, I mean, not that's a bad thing. Sometimes that's actually almost hurting more than it helps. There's a great book called When Helping Hurts. But, you know, that like you kind of put another thing on their schedule that they all have to show up at. Yeah. And, uh, like they're almost going to be there for you more than you are sort of blessing them. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't think that, so don't hold this against the guy. That totally would have been my mindset as well. But by the end of our conversation, he on his own, he said to us, he's like, you know what, I wonder if I should go back to them and actually not throw that and just say instead, like, what would you guys want us to do? Yeah. It's like, yes, you get it, right? So, because when we went to the police department and we had it in there, we knew a guy that worked there. So that was our end. Can we meet with you and your captain? And what do you want us to do? And honestly, I had no idea. Like, what could a church do to help a police department? I don't know. And they said, because we start that question, they said, well, we'll tell you this. Our division, our police station, Western Division, is the most run down of any of them in San Diego. And city council never budgets money. And honestly, it kind of hurts the morale of guys. And so we're like... All right, well, we we can bring a bunch of volunteers, and we'll just how about we just repaint the whole inside, and we actually had a guy paint a mural for him. Dude, you're on the painting the and mural thing again, like <laughs> artwork. I had no idea. We're the least artistic people. Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> I had no idea the mission of Jesus includes painting so yeah. much. I would, I'm like, dang it, God, I suck at that. Why do you keep making us do it? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we did that whole thing, and uh, they were just like, you know, and you can walk in there now, and it's totally different, and all that, and. And uh, then when we asked them a second time, well, you know, is there anything else you need done? They're like, well, honestly, all of our police cars never get mm-hmm. washed mm-hmm. unless there's like a major tragedy and they got to be in a funeral procession. And they haven't been waxed in 10 years. And we're like, well, we can do that. And that's a fun one to bring kids to. So people are bringing kids or bringing their non-Christian friends. Not at the church. We go to the police station yeah. on a Saturday, right? Cost like 20 bucks to buy some soap and wax. And just spent all day washing wax like 60 cars by hand wow. for volunteers. And they're they're just blown away. And it's just like, we would never come up with that. But if yeah. you lead with that question, what do you need? The Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? You know, it didn't come in as a marketing thing. Now, you know, that time we kind of, we wrote a little thank you card to put in every single car. They just said, thanks for all that you do, you know, your friends at Newbrick Church kind of thing. And uh, and again, the power wasn't necessarily that any of the police officers are like attending church now, although that's always our prayer for sure. But the mission of God is attractive, right? So right. other people hearing about it. I mean, I will say that's the other key to what we've done is that I am intentional about storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm. But that's a big part. People are really drawn to stories. So... And we don't do marketing, but I, I do want to tell good stories. So even yeah. though we don't wear a new break shirt everywhere, you know, I do like every pain in the cafe. Uh, you know, I posted on the OB community Facebook groups. They're really active here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, eight nine thousand people on each and. You know, so I'll just say, hey, just wanted you to know, like, just a bunch of us neighbors that, that care about OB and 
bunch of us go to new break or whatever but we all just went and did this you know because we just want to bless the community and so yeah. you know like I'm, I'm just trying to tell the story like that and we tell the story at church and so that gives people a you know a cool prime like hey i want to be a part of this something i want to bring my friends to so yeah so exactly what you said at the beginning the mission of god ha- is attractive like that yes. just keeps hitting me i'm like I didn't realize how attractive it was, I think, right? Right, like, you I don't. I think I believe that don't. theologically. Now I would say it is. It's like the thing people yeah. most right. want to be a part of. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. totally that uh, that is going to be the game changer for... Yeah, and for millennials you know, and for... Yeah, because yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what I want to talk about too. But yeah. even on that, like, I heard a guy once say that everybody's always looking for the silver bullet, you know? Yeah. And he's like, people go to conferences. <laughs> that's That's like... The uh, uh, I don't know the the thing for pastors is we just think one more conference, <laughs> just know. one more yeah. conference. Yeah. You know, get it. I'll finally hear the missing. Jokes. Yes, and <laughs> and man, I was forget who said it, but I wish I could quote them. But they said you. I've heard, I've seen, and I the guy personally said yeah. he had spent so much time looking for the silver bullet, and he said one day he woke up and he realized the silver bullet is me, hmm. like. Yeah. I'm the silver bullet, not yeah. a, not another person, not a program. Another like program. Yeah. I am the ambassador of this thing, yeah, right? Uh, and if I truly, it, it, the mission is this: we want to love people. Yeah, love and your people, neighbor as yourself. Yes, that's what Jesus would tell you, right? And the Probably reason we love Ocean bullet. Beach is because people live here. Yeah, you know, I guess God loves it. Yeah, right. You know, right. it's yeah. like it's the, yeah. that's like the easiest yeah. indicator, like. Sure. Well, what city should I love? Well, first of all, do, do people live there? Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's is it a good part one. of the world that God so Very loved simple. that He sent His Son. Because if it is, then simple, you probably qualify. Yeah. Easy, perfect. You know. <laughs> yeah. So you know, part of this too, even with spiritual nomad, is just you know the mass exodus yeah. um, from church and from institution and organization, yeah. and and I I don't I'm not convinced anymore. I think a few years ago, whenever I was still really um, you know, on the bandwagon of just um, people need to be associated to an organization. And that was like the driving force, you know, is get people to your club, if you will. You know, yeah. you would never use that language. But the reality is that's kind of what it was. Yeah. You know, um, I just think that there's been a, a shift in that and a major exodus happening with my generation and in this culture. And, um, you know, I'm lived growing up in the Midwest too. And, and I think that I've started to feel that even there, but a lot of the people in places around weren't quite feeling it yet. They're starting to feel yeah. it a little bit. It's a little fuzzy, but I think here on the West coast, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's well <laughs> past some of the things yeah. in the Midwest, you yeah. know, yeah. even maybe around Chicago, that's a big city, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I think that I certainly have some thoughts on on why that exodus is, but I'm curious from your guys' perspective. I mean, we can always say that, you know, that we know that the church will never die, you know, but we've done a lot of harm, I think, to people over the years in church, and there's been an exodus with that. What's some of the things surrounding that? Um, Not to give, not that everybody needs to be, quote, diagnosed or anything, but you know what I'm saying? Like, why are we experiencing some of this? And some people... Like, no, man, the attractional church is still growing. It's like, no, five small churches just went out of business and they needed a place to go. So that's why. But the statistic number is decreasing. Why do you think in your guys' context that you've been in, why is that? I mean, I think part of it is that 
what people used to come to church for, and churches were good at this, so kudos to them for being this place that people don't need it anymore. So we used to be the provider of spiritual knowledge. Like biblical, if I need biblical teaching, I got to show up to church and hear it. Mm. You don't have to show up now. You'll go listen to a thousand podcasts that are way yeah. better than me. Go Google any theological. Yeah, Google's now. a better preacher than a yeah. teacher than us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you'll be able to read more than I'd ever have time to. So you definitely don't have to come here for that, right? And you don't even have to come necessarily for spiritual experiences anymore. I mean, sadly, I think that's that would be the downside. There were some good things about Willow and the tractional model of the 90s and early 2000s. Downside is, and I was a part of it, we kind of stripped spiritual experiences out of church. That's too weird. So let's make it feel like MTV. Let's make it feel like Walmart. Now, when people wanted a spiritual experience, you know where they go? They go to the yoga studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we just hosted part of a yoga festival here, and we were talking with our buddy Clayton, who you know. And yeah, he was just talking about, you know, I think people love yoga because imagine if you went to yoga class and you sat and listened to the person talk about yoga and they showed you and you took notes the whole time and then you went home. Mm-hmm. And he's never like, actually did yoga. Yeah. That's what like, church is. That's, <laughs> work, that's what church is. <laughs> right. They're there because they want to do an ex- And I've just been challenged by that of like, am I letting them like experience enough? So yeah, I think part of it is like we're, we're not the provider of spiritual knowledge and goods and services anymore. But where there's value in church, where I think people, deep, uh, the deep things they do most want, I guess two of them that come to mind, then you can add one would be they deeply want to connect with other people. That's why bars are full yeah. and coffee shops. And it's why gangs work so well. And I mean, all that, right? Because like, I just yeah. want really deep longing. And is, is the church going to be that place or not? So let's be a place of authentic. We try to value ourselves on authenticity here. And then the second, like, yeah, I want to be able to live out my faith. Like, I actually think most people really want to, but they don't know how to go serve at the police station. I'd love to help schools, but I don't know where to start. Well, what if, here's what we do as church, we're the coordinator for it. Like, I'll help broker some partnerships. I'll help set some stuff up so that you can. Now, I don't want to be the only the only bottleneck, though. I'm not saying that that's the only way you live out your faith. I'll help you get your feet wet and practice it. Then yeah. you go start your own. So, like, you know, I think that's two big things I want. Authenticity. I want to actually live out my faith in ways that impact the world. Again, you can do it by yourself, but there's yeah. a different experience of value if you do it with other people. So if churches spend all their time, like, you know, I think of pastors that spend whatever 20 30 hours crafting the sermon sunday i'm kind of like i'm sorry like i mean whatever you craft probably isn't going to be as good as a podcast that's already out there yeah, or whatever yeah. right not that what i say isn't important but like that can't be the full part of my yeah. time like yeah. what i should be doing is how can i create more home communities or life groups or whatever you want to call it for authentic relationships and yeah. how do i give you expressions mm-hmm. to live out your faith but I don't know what you would add to that. Like, I think, yeah, I mean, being thinking. being a millennial, I think, I mean, I don't even know where I went. Yeah. I was born in 85, yeah. so yeah. Well, I'll consider yeah, it you're to I am. But, yeah, yeah you're, you're there. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I look there. like economically, you know, like they yeah. say, like, we won't ever make, 25% of it's gone forever no matter what. <laughs> well, we're not going to make as much as our parents' generation did. And that's, you know, the word the Americans' dream. <laughs> I'm, right? I'm, I'm, you're living it? I'm living that, I'm living that it's, it's tough. And so Donate. No, God. Yeah. New Break's actually a sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Just but, kidding. Uh, proud to sponsor. But no, I think it's tough. <laughs> and so I think where people were drawn into the, uh, you know, the the big box type atmosphere where I can go to, I can work for a job, I can stay there, I can be successful, have my family, get all these things, eventually retire. I mean, that's not the reality any longer. And that's why you see a lot of people not landing, not bouncing back. You see college is not a reasonable economic alternative. Like nowadays, it's like, unless you're in like a top 10 university, 
really, you just want to go to where the cheapest is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of the homogenization of information from Google. You're going to get the same education more than likely. So you see people going on trips, and we've met a lot of people who do it, and I certainly get the temptation. But I mean, also look at San Diego. Like we're all about like craft beer, customization, customized experiences. Mm, and I think if yeah. you go to a church and it's like you program out, you mm. do it. I mean, I don't know. Look at what's happening with cable. I mean, cable is dying now. <laughs> oh, like yeah. cable is going away. Yeah, Nobody wants right. that. So I think if the church thinks, oh, we can offer these X programs, we can offer these X things, make you keep you really busy so you're not sinning or whatever. I don't think people want that. I think people yeah. want to be a part of something that matters. People want to be a part of something that's like making an impact because. Yeah, if it's not compelling, if it's not interesting, I mean, I know for me, I'm not interested in that when the big, like, oh, if you do this, your life's going to, whatever, get better. Like, I want to see, like, this tangible reality. Uh, I didn't grow up in the church, but I've been around it long enough. Like, I want to, like, I've heard the kingdom of God described so much, and I've seen the, the fighting where the culture's against it, and you're supposed to hide from it, and then, you know, the whole other end. Like, I want to be in there, and where the community, and I forget who wrote the book, but like, Jesus needs new PR. Like, his public <laughs> yeah. relations are terrible. So it's like, yeah. if I can get in that community, and I can love on someone, and I'm, I'm super into, like, apologetics and, you know, Francis yeah. Schaeffer. But at the end of the day, for everything that he said, it was so deep. He said the strongest apologetic is love. The strongest apologetic. Mm-hmm. People can't argue if you're, like, serving and taking care of him. And so that's where I land is, like, I think people want to belong, want to feel connected, want to be involved in their community, and yeah, I mean, without that, they're going to see through it really quick. And so I love it. You know, I, yeah, Carter and I talk about it a lot. I think we probably do a really good job on Sundays. Hopefully the message is really good. But if we hung our hat on the message has got to be good, the music's got to be perfect, the event's got to be perfect, that's going to be such a roller coaster. Right. But if we invest in, like, we have life groups that are serving constantly, doing yeah. stuff, and they're just day in and day out, you know, once or twice a month, going in there and spending time with this community and they're building a relationship, I think that's a way more compelling way more enjoyable like idea of like I'm building relationships with people and yeah it's slow and low and it's messy but it's way better than like we got to do this one big silver bullet big punch hope it lands if it doesn't land then I mean that to me that would be so depressing yeah. so yeah, yeah I think at the end of the day we lean into yeah. like relationships yeah. we lean into we can't yeah. control it but you know yeah. we're gonna we're gonna try and kind of ride that wave yeah and again it does just speak so loud like you said speaks to millennials or atheists on church or that you know uh i mean one of the most common things i hear which is cool i got a few different guys in ob that built friendships with and they both told me i'm just not a church guy and you know i don't think they're even christians and stuff but but they both always say to me like man i love what you're doing for ob keep doing what you're doing yeah you know and my wife's got a cousin who's really strong atheist really intellectual atheist worked at google and microsoft and he lives in seattle and posts a lot of kind of anti-Christian stuff all the time online. He has commented on my stuff saying, like, keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Keep keep up the good work. So, like what you said, that strongest apologetic is love. It's like, people can't argue with that. And I just got to hope that, you know, I mean, I hope Jesus uses that. I mean, he's going to have to work in their soul because I can't. Yeah. But I can try to sort of, like, help his PR or at least show them, like, a different right, expression. Right. And, yeah, that just speaks so much louder. And I don't think they'd ever listen to a sermon of mine, even if I put it online. <laughs> but when they read a story I'm telling of, like, hey, yeah. we got to go, like, wash police cars or just, like, hey, like, whatever you're doing, keep up the good work. And that's one of the most common things I hear from non-Christians is yeah. I love what you're about. And it's like, wow. Like, you know, that's... Yeah, that's I'm, I'm curious, too, if you guys were to have a conversation on two ends yeah. of the spectrum. One end being maybe someone who is disenfranchised from church, maybe yeah. uh, kind of on the back end of um, maybe some some hurt, or maybe yeah. they just 
complete apathy from you know the the balloon and monkey show you know or or stuff like that not to discredit some of that but it's like some to some people it begins to feel that way you know uh, if you were to be able to have a conversation with some of these people, yeah. I mean, what what would that conversation look like, you know? Yeah, I mean, one of the first things that I definitely say to people like that is, I always wanted to hear loud and clear, is just, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry that the hurtful things have been done in the name of God, and pastors have messed up, churches have, in tons <laughs> of ways. Uh, they're not perfect. I mean, I don't make excuses, but... And I would say we're not perfect either. And I kind of tell our people here, like, I hope you're not like for perfect church because, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we're probably going to let you down, right? Eventually, I'm probably going to do something dumb or say something, <laughs> you know, say something that you disagree with, you know? So, like, yeah. so I guess, you know, part of it is I would want to say, like, I hope you can extend them some grace, even if they haven't extended you that grace. Like, I'm sorry and that, that they're not representing Jesus when they do that. Uh, but, you know, but don't give up on the church. Just know that... Just like not all Republicans are like a certain person, not all Democrats are like whatever, not yeah. all, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. And so, you know, not all Christians are like that. Not all pastors are. Not all churches are, right? So I mean, yeah. part of what we're so encouraged about it, there's lots of new expressions. Go find something, maybe start something, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just find things that are authentic and, uh, yeah, because they're... You know, there are a lot of us trying to just get back down to the core mission of Jesus. Let's yeah. strip everything else out and let's just let's just connect with people and try to live out his mission. And uh, I love how creative and unique church expressions are now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. find your thing. And if you love if live music speaks to you, man, go to a big attraction, you know, attractional church, as long as they're one you really believe in what they're doing. Yeah. And if you're someone that loves to just sit around dinner, I mean, there's dinner churches yeah. coming up now, right? Right. And house churches and ones that meet in yoga studios and schools and movie theaters. And so, yeah, but that's one thing I'd say. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I just, the, for whatever reason, I was probably listening to some podcast and was talking about it, but you know, like we call our main gathering space, like a sanctuary, right? You know? And so like, I think sadly it's become a sanctuary for Christians and I think it's probably hopefully meant to illustrate more than that like a sanctuary just a general like safe space for people like what's the parable Jesus told about like the the uh, the tree you know like lots of birds were in it not just you know the ones that necessarily belonged in it so yeah I mean we completely agree we've had a lot of conversations with people hurt by the church hurt by the way they were raised by their parents by uh, whether the institutional relationships and and yeah I mean we I mean just from the you know from the platform of the day we said that Rich Mullins quote of like, you know, people, I don't want to go to a church that's full of hypocrites. And he's like, absolutely. He goes, if you're in this building, you're admitting, I don't have it together, I'm broken. So I think we try and lead that way of similar thing, listening. I mean, we've had a lot of conversations where we've had to just bite our tongue and listen because we wanted to, you know, it's easy to say, how could you possibly be surprised? Basically, whatever you're going to say, minimize their hurt, but like recognize that like that's super legit. And some people have some unbelievably gnarly stories of what they've been through and it's like I can't believe you know you're still standing here and so I think it's that sensitivity because like you said OB is super spiritual super sensitive I mean you'll see posts all the time I did it yesterday hey I'm just offering my services literally I just want to listen because I went through a really tough time and I had people who listened to me so I'm just offering up just to come you know just this real basic like I'm just going to be like this this sounding post this listening thing and so like that's our community and and we could easily you know, dis- like whatever, disrupt people's yeah. journey because you know people come here for a variety of reasons. Uh, some positives, maybe not some, not so yeah. much. And yeah. we don't, we don't want to judge. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to be that whole idea of like, here's what people are supposed to look like because 
thankfully, thank God, like our congregation literally reflects OB in a very accurate way. Mm. So demographically, like it is crazy. We're all over the place, just like OB is. We have singles, we have older people, younger, young kids. So we're there and it's like, okay, how are we doing this? How can we listen better? How can we? And at the end of the day, I mean, the people that Jesus spent the most time with that loved on in, in ways that are just so beautiful, I would probably have ignored. I would have probably not spent time with them. I would have not stopped to listen to them. And I'd have been the guy that's, you know, trying to spend time with the people that look important, that look famous. And mm. yeah. Jesus didn't do that. So, yeah. 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 I mean, no, it reminds yeah. me of that story, if you remember the old, like, from Blue Like Jazz, that old book by Donald mm, Miller. Yeah, yeah. Also made into a pretty interesting indie movie. But, yeah, he has this chapter in there of uh, one time he went on a college campus and set up, like, a confession booth. Mm-hmm. And so students came in to do confession. And when people came and sat in it, uh, they said, all right, uh, we have in the confession booth because we actually just want to confess and apologize to you for all the ways that Christians... Yeah, it was a reverse confession. And that's that's all it was for. Like, it wasn't like, we're going to call you out on your sin. Like, we just want to be able to confess and apologize to you. Like, it's like, wow. Like, yeah, yeah like that level of listening. Yeah. Dude, that's... that's I've not read that book. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy. It's, good. it's so fascinating. It was I pretty ahead it. of its time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah kind of out of the box. So. so if you guys were to have some conversation... Um, with some maybe, uh, and I hate always pulling it back to generations yeah, and stuff because no. you know we're all yeah. people and yeah, everything. Really but unique. but you know, um, kind of that generation that still is is holding on to that very attraction, you know, peace, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know they they want to be missional, but it's like only if it is a, an outreach for marketing sort of thing. Yeah. What would be some of those conversations? And I, I don't know about you, but that was me even yeah. some years ago too. So yeah. even a few years ago self or you know someone that's still in that maybe even particularly you know in an area around here or somewhere else in the states i mean what what would some of that conversation look like to help enable people to bring a more full embodiment uh to a place yeah no that's great yeah i think one of the biggest things i had to let go of and uh i don't think it's just pastors who feel this you know but any christian can would be the pressure to close the deal like i think that's part Mm. of why our outreaches get tainted and we get all weird mm-hmm. in our interactions with neighbors. Is, but I got to close the deal or it doesn't count. Like God's disappointed Dude, in me. The bait, right? the bait switch. switch. Yeah, if I didn't invite them to church or share the gospel tract with them. And, you know, I found my way, honestly, to relationship with Jesus through Campus Crusade for Christ, so a college ministry where they trained us how to pull the tract out of your pocket and walk them through. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> God actually used that in my life. Yeah, but I would never do that with other people. So it's just interesting. Yeah. I don't discount it. Right. I just say now because God uses me, but I wouldn't do that. Right. So so but so once I learned to let go of like, I don't have to close the deal. Like Jesus never said that. He just said, love your neighbors yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Or be salt, be light. Like He never said it. So it's like, so I I am called to do something though, not just live next door to my neighbor for ten years and they never knew I was a Christian because mm-hmm. I just went and closed my garage door and went inside like have i ever tried to bless them yeah. be generous to them not with agenda but i so, so i am meant to be salt and light and all that but yeah but just let go of like you don't have to close the deal just it's enough to love them because that's what jesus would do mm-hmm. and trust that god will work in them you know beyond mm-hmm. that and so like yeah i mean that was a huge so that's part of what i would say to people that are scared to let go of that and and i'd probably say like what you said at the beginning like hey you know the mission of god is attractive enough yeah, I mean, and it is, and again, especially in our world nowadays. I mean, even you see, even even companies want to have a cause. I mean, Walmart wants mm-hmm. to show they're doing this. The NFL always mm-hmm. is showing in the NBA. We care. We're Mission out service. in the community doing stuff because everybody's trying to show. 
I think that's a good and bad. It's, it's cool because, you know, companies are doing it. It's, you know, the part I don't like about it is it feels a little bit like, well, this is probably your latest marketing ploy. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. right? Like The millennials like this, so yeah. let's do so it. So that's what we're going to do. Gosh. You know? yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I feel like, like someday we're going to drive through house builds in, in Tijuana and they're going to have like a Verizon sign on the Sponsor. side. <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> like, Pay for well, house. thank you for doing that, but it always had that hidden agenda. And so it's, it's like... cell tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think people, and especially millennials, you know, like totally see through that because yeah. they're just marketed to death. And so am yes. I. I'm sick of marketing. Yeah. And so, yeah. but so for people to actually see good things done, people being blessed without agenda, like mm. don't worry about attracting with anything. That speaks louder than any song you can do at church and any video you can mm-hmm. show, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing I would say to him. I don't yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say, I mean, one thing is contextually, OB. If you guys have never been, definitely come visit. It's very yeah. funky, fresh. Yeah, of course. You guys have the number one hostel, by the way. Yeah. Right. yeah. We now have the number one hostel. It's where yeah. they, a lot of hippies retired or, never, <laughs> or grew up and never left yeah. kind of thing. And so we do, we are afforded a certain level of what I would call mess. Maybe polish would be a better word. So we can be, for instance, our worship leader is born and raised in OB. Knows everybody here. It's, it's fantastic. And he's awesome. He's kind of an emotional guy. There's been times where he's like leading worship, you know, and he's like crying and stuff like that, or guitar string breaks, or like the mic stand fell over this past <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. And people, we aren't embarrassed by that. We embrace it. It's kind it's of whatever, and relationally. But then I think, yeah, the, the previous generation, for sure, we've had some of those. I mean, two things I always do is one, if someone's an established Christian and they're not complaining, they're voicing a concern about whatever, especially they're like, I'm a mature Christian and I'm waiting. I just tell them straight up, like, if you have this level of maturity, then it's time for you to lead. And I think whenever you position people with new believers that are literally blown away by like grace, God loves me, that really helps kind of then reevaluate like, man, I, I have, maybe I've, tr- I've moved too quickly, moved on, air quotes, uh, past Jesus, past these essentials, because that never gets old. I mean, Carter leads a group every quarter, and when people are like, grace, he's like, I, I can't, every single time I teach this, people are like, I don't. I don't. I was. Yeah. I was not taught this. I was not taught that I can be loved. Yeah. So that's what I do. Is I'll mm. shift them if they're you know super deep. And seminary did that to me. And I had to kind of be re-educated from it. There's nothing wrong with going deep. There's nothing wrong with theology. All that is, you know, what is it? The trellis and the vine kind of type thing. It is the foundation, but don't move beyond that. So if you're, you know, if they're older, we have an 82 year old guy that leads life groups, and I just love it because that's what we told him, Jeremy. They need your voice. You need to be able to tell them. I've been yep. walking with Jesus for 60 plus years. Here's what it takes. Here's what it is. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I think going back to it, listening, because we've had conversations with people that grew up in really, you know, conservative, traditional type church backgrounds. And it could be easy for us to be like, listen, you know, kind of like, you know, follow us or get out of the way. And we've listened to them. And a lot of times they just want that. And, and they've become really strong supporters. And yeah, sometimes when you're on the platform looking at their faces, they may not seem the most supportive. Yeah. But it's just because it's different. But they're along for the ride. And I yeah. think we've, same yeah. thing, listening to our community, listening to like ac- actually listening, not like, you know, trying to have an agenda, even doing it with them, the people that oh, can be so frustrating. I want to hear you. I want to hear your, your issues. I want to listen to it. Yeah. And then just kind of like invite you along for the ride. Because same thing, they, they want to be a part of that compelling mission as well. Yeah. They mm-hmm. just... They typically yeah. clothe it in church words. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's another example where, you know, churches, sadly, frustratingly, it seems like we're just always so far behind culture, right? Mm. Like we're so slow to adapt. I mean, we finally got rid of overhead projectors a while back or whatever. Right? <laughs> so, so I think that's part of why now a church is like, hey, so I finally install really good lights and we finally have HD screens and we finally have like excellent sound and 4K video. It's like, and we just yeah, dropped a quarter million. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, man, like if you would have done that, like, kind of like early 2000s, you <laughs> yeah. would have been pretty kind of... So, oh, again, 
here's how culture has shifted. Uh, although you guys speak this better than me, but you know, most millennials will say, don't even decide to go eat somewhere unless you've already looked it up on Yelp. Yelp, Yelp. Yeah. Right? And I don't buy anything unless I've read the user reviews already on Amazon. Now, back in the 80s and 90s, I just watched the commercial. Nine out of ten dentists recommend this, and then I'll do it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Now, and they still yeah, do that on yeah. cable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. it's so true. And now we're all, wait a minute. I think that was marketing. So, like, marketing just, you know, or Coke has better you know, commercials than Pepsi. It's like, I want to know what real people think, right? I mean, that's it. That's Yelp. It's Amazon user reviews. Everything is just... I just want to know real what actual people think. Yeah. So your church, you don't need better marketing. You don't just like they just want to know like people that go, are you real? You know, if that tell me some stories about what you've done. Show me kind of your imperfections. Yeah. You except know? memes and gifts. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. You need to be really good. Oh at memes yes. And gifts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Free whatever yeah. you know. Uh, well, I was with a group and we we're talking. I can't remember if it's that the millennial thing we're at or if it was something else, but. They were talking about even like Yelp reviews for your church, and they're saying, you know, if you get negative ones, honestly, like leave them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because I mean, when you take them all down, and because of course you can also turn that into marketing thing. Well, okay, I'll do Amazon or, you know, Yelp and Facebook reviews. I'll get all my attenders to go lead five star glowing mm-hmm. people. People see right through that. Yeah. Right. Because already even that's been twisted into marketing. And so it's like, just just let it be real. And if there's someone that comes and is like, man, this church wasn't for me, man, they're all about this. And I needed something that was deeper and more this okay yeah and leave it up like whenever people read it and just say cool like these guys are authentic so i yeah. think that'd be the other thing people have to let go of like people just don't make their decisions anymore based on that stuff i yeah. mean yeah. we all just but it's so funny though we put way more stock in actual researchers about stuff or less stock in them and more just i just want to know someone that's been there or used yeah. that that means a thousand times more to me credibility yeah which is crazy but but it also makes sense so. yeah yeah I think that stuff's huge, man. Yeah. I think it's yeah. crucial. Yeah. Well, guys, I really appreciate your time. And yeah, I appreciate what you guys are doing in Ocean Beach. Thanks. And I feel like I'm here a lot, you know. <laughs> but, and yeah. uh, so it's kind of like almost like my second home totally, from North man. County, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> from, from South County. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's yeah. cool. It's not a bad yeah, place man. to hang out for totally. sure. So, yeah. guys, thank you so much for what you do. Yeah, and uh, if there's uh, – you guys have any um, blogs or books or anything that you um, – recommend for people if they're wanting to explore more of this stuff mm, yeah what's that book you read the celebration one like the throw party or whatever yeah uh yeah there's a real small one so that's easy like 40 pages it's called happy hour i'm down with, it's with so good 40 pages. yeah <laughs> yes. yeah yes. yeah uh happy hour like learning the art of partying or something it's yeah. by uh hugh halter like, oh, he's cool. a guy i would yeah. say is so worth like read anything by him mm-hmm. i always tell yes. people to read flesh because mm-hmm. that's his one or tangible kingdom are both just like not not theological stuff. Just like here's how to have a barbecue with mm-hmm. your neighbors. So like Hugh Halter stuff definitely. Uh, the other one I would say is Michael Frost, and we just got to have him in Ocean Beach. He's yeah, way over in Australia. Uh, I mean, follow him on Facebook and his blog. He just wrote like a five part series on how to listen to your community, yes. and it just like blew my mind again. But so now his books will be a little headier, whereas Hugh will be a little more like. Here's how to go next Practical. door and do it. Yeah. But, I mean, Frost stuff is so, I mean, that probably is, was the single biggest help to me in shifting this stuff. But, yeah. yeah, either of those two guys. Yeah, anything, cool. Anything they blog or write. Awesome. So, yeah. Dude, thank cool, you guys man. so yeah. much. Yeah. Take Absolutely. it easy.